0: This is FS Uncovered, a podcast of m M&M and Service Company, serving our customers' needs by providing excellent products, services, and innovative solutions. So today we're going to do a end-of-year recap. Um, usually we just have Tony and Brian on these, but today we are also joined by General Manager Dave Wright. So welcome. Glad to be here. So, Dave, we'll just start with you. Is there anything you'd like to share?
1: Sure. So, uh, on our last podcast, we had our uh, board president, Dan White, um, and he talked uh, quite, a, quite a bit about our, our fiscal year, but it, that was recorded uh, before our annual meeting, and, and so I wanted to just kind of follow up to that and uh, comment on our fiscal fiscal year summary for 2021. Uh, just Just a quick few highlights. Um, we ended the year of over $300 million in sales, uh, which was the first time, uh, we'd ever reached that point, that mark. So obviously a record for us. Uh, now that was driven, uh, some by higher commodity prices, higher, uh, fuel prices, grain prices, um, somewhat, uh, fertilizer prices there at the tail end of the fiscal year. Uh, but we also had, uh, significant volume growth for our dry fertilizer. Uh, area was our best year ever, volume-wise. Same can be said for our crop protection sales. Uh, Those were both records in fiscal 21. And our second best year ever uh, in our grain uh, bushel volume that we moved, as well as our LP gallons that we moved. Uh, So a successful year from those standpoints for the cooperative. Um, The board did approve at our annual meeting the following distributions, past patronage refunds of $1.8 million. That was distributed uh, 50% cash, 50% stock. Uh, also was approved was a stock redemption offer of $700,000. That was the the 2013 uh, year of issue. So in total, $1.6 million of cash uh, returned to the country uh, to our patrons. And on top of that, then, Uh, We also had another record, a record amount of uh, D-PAD, which is the domestic production activities deduction uh, that we can pass through to our our member owners for use on their own tax return. So that was a record of five and a half million dollars of that deduction that was passed through.
0: Okay, awesome. That is quite a year, it sounds like, for the company and then be able to pass on all of that to our member owners. I know I got my patronage check, so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so yeah, now we're now we're off uh, into fiscal twenty two, and uh, you know here we're recording this here near Christmas, so uh, our harvest is behind us, our fall agronomy season is behind us. Looking um, looking look to our winter months, uh, sometime it'll get cold and, and we'll have an LP season, I believe. Uh, but but we are off to a good start so far this year. Uh, got our elevators uh, pretty much filled back up. They were as empty as they ever had been at the end of our fiscal year, but uh, uh, those have been filled back up at harvest, and we're working on shipping those bushels. And, and, again, we had a very good fall agronomy season. Brian has probably previously commented on that, but uh, weather cooperated for the most part, and we're able to get a lot of field work done this fall.
0: Well, that was a nice lead into. The two of you, if you want to go over any fall recap for the past couple months.
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll follow up with uh, um, Dave's conversation on, on the agronomy side. You know, to, to say again, we had a, an excellent fall season. Uh, weather cooperated tremendously. We started uh, harvest, um, you know, a week or so after Labor Day and, and really probably ended up here about the middle of November or so. Uh, with harvest uh, yields uh, were record breaking in some areas. Um, some areas were hit by uh, torrential rainfall in May and June, especially in central McCoin County, in which that that hindered some some yields. Uh, but but overall, in a three county territory, um, you know our our medium to lighter production or producing soils um, had record years because of the amount of rainfall we did receive in those areas and the amount of rainfall that we didn't receive in those areas as well. So it was just a a great year for those areas. And again, overall, uh, I think our three-county territory saw some probably second or third best record um, or best corn crops. And I would say a lot of areas or our three-county territory probably saw a best bean crop or second best bean crop. So overall, Farmers in the territory, uh, you know, had a long drug out harvest, uh, but were rewarded with the the amount of bushels that they did produce. And then obviously commodity prices increased throughout the fall season as well, which you typically do not uh, get. But so overall, um, you know, from the harvest perspective, we had a a great fall that led into fertilizer season, um, fall ammonia season, spray season. Those were all tremendous seasons. Uh, They worked well in our favor due to the weather. Um, we got a lot accomplished, a lot on similar to previous, the previous year, um, in anhydrous ammonia, uh, rates were a little stronger, uh, due to, you know, the increase in, in the ammonia price. Uh, they weren't stronger in a sense that they weren't agronomically sound. They were still within the parameters in which I would, would say are, are acceptable, um, pounds to apply in our soil types with, uh, you know, heavier black soil, um, prairie soil, you want to call it, high water holding capacity soils, high organic matter material. So nothing over and above, you know, what I would call a, at risk of applying um, leaching, getting these, these products to go in uh, groundwater and into our rivers and streams and end up in the ocean. So overall, again, a, a great fall season.
0: Thanks, Brian, for your recap. Tony, you want to talk about the energy department recap.
3: Yeah, I, I think, I think our fall season had, we had a lot of positives, just, just like agronomy. Uh, we, we saw good volumes in, uh, in liquid fuel, uh, propane. We saw, um, you know, volumes down a little bit, uh, with the, the short and drier season. And then also, uh, you know, for the most part, other than a couple of weeks there in, uh, late October, early November, where we saw temperatures, uh, get down, we've been, we've been relatively, uh, warm compared to uh to, compared to where we're at but uh otherwise we've been able to you know er- early in early in the fall you know there was some some talk and some a little bit of time there where it looked like there was a possibility of a supply being uh an issue uh, you know with the, with that warmer weather has allowed for uh some builds at some terminals and and and, and kind of helped with that uh that that possible supply issue so um, we'll we'll take the we'll take a little bit of uh, less volume to uh, to to help ensure supply down the road. You no, know, on, on liquid fuel uh, volumes were good. We 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 saw you know, like Brian alluded to with uh, farm volumes, about field work being being there. And also, uh, you know, it seems like, it just seems like construction just is a, is a year long thing now. You know, I think, you know, 10, 15 years ago, I think those guys got a break, not, not so much anymore. So quite a bit of jobs going on, uh, across the, our geography that, that, that keep our busy. Same thing with, you know, with LP, you know, you had <clears throat> at some points in the fall, you had talks of, uh, of, uh, some potential supply issues. We, we weathered those storms and were able to keep product. Uh, whether it be liquid fuel, propane, uh, grease, lubricant, keep those products on hand, keep those products, uh, uh, available to, uh, to all our customers. Uh, you know, just like, agron- uh, our grain team, our agronomy team, the, you know, fuel drivers, all the energy personnel did a great job of, uh, servicing all the accounts, uh, you know, through weekends, through nights, through early mornings. Uh, all the tremendous job uh, taking care taking care of all the customers
0: okay thanks guys for those recaps um, for your departments so Tony with fall behind us and fall work done can you give us some insight on what the next couple months look like for us
3: yeah I think you know when we, when we look at the you know looking at the rest of the year I, I think some things to look for you know in the in the near term when it comes to propane you know in the in the, the short term like i said we're looking at uh, uh, temperatures above normal uh it's going to keep uh, s- supply intact you know we don't know what when we get start getting into january february march those are the months we were we're not sure as far as uh what temperature will do across the not just here but across the midwest and, and how that will affect uh, will, will affect supply like in years past i i'm i have confident regardless of what happens that uh uh we put ourselves in as as good of a position as we possibly can to to uh to weather those storms between storage we have, between uh going out and uh contracting and and, and uh securing supply at multiple terminals across uh across the Midwest um to make sure uh regardless of what's happening that uh we're gonna have a we're going to have the, the capability and, and the plan to, uh, to take care of our customers. Um, liquid fuel, you know, this is typically the time of year where, uh, people want to look at contracting, um, you know, just like always, um, you know, the, the well, I shouldn't say like always, but the last couple of years, um, Markets have been very uh, sensitive to uh, to what's in the what's in the news, and you know my best recommendation is to anybody would be to uh, if you you find a, a spot in the market that that makes sense for you that 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 lies with your cost, Go ahead and take a small uh, uh, a small percentage. You know, layer that product in, and uh, with as uh, with 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 how volatile the uh, the market marketplace is, you know that that's I, I think the the, the best advice we can give right now uh, with, with how fast and how quick things are, are moving in both directions. Um, we, I think it's been mentioned, it's been mentioned before at a, at a previous podcast. Uh, we've, you know, we, we we've we partnered with, with one school district in our territory. Uh, that's, uh, that's North Mac um, out of Vernon and Girard. We've partnered with them to do a, you know, a feel for school program, uh that you know i think up to this point's it's gone it's been received very well we've we've donated a pretty sick, pretty good amount of money so far up to up to this point uh going back to september and uh i just want to thank everybody for uh supporting the school supporting us in in that endeavor uh we're we're obviously looking at um other opportunities to partner with other schools within our geography within our territory in the same way um, we, we hope to be able to do the same thing for a lot of the districts that, that we're in. So I just want to get that message out to, to everybody that, that we're always look, looking to do that, looking at, looking to to partner with the schools to, in order to, uh, you know, to kind of give back.
0: Okay. Brian, can you give it in some insight on the next couple months for the agronomy department?
3: Sure. Krista,
2: um, uh, Tony alluded to, uh, 22 in, in the fuel side uh, with contracting and whatnot of, you know, kind of being risk adverse and don't stick your neck out there too far. And I think in the agronomy world, that's in 22, um, if I'm a farmer, I'm I'm trying to avoid as, as much risk as, as possible, especially in the fertility world where we're, where we're on high prices uh, in P and K, all of them, you know, prepay your tons, um, get things locked in and offset that that expense by, uh, selling, uh, at these profitable levels to offset that, that expense and offset that risk. And, and really, honestly, if I had to tell any farmer today, I, I would tell you to, to really focus on, um, you know, efficiencies, uh, really focus on, um, your cost of production, managing that cost of production. Uh, the two main factors that, that will influence net ROI at the end of the day are, are uh, producing more bushels, uh, and, and, um, you know, obviously getting more for those bushels um, are the two biggest factors. So, um, you know, as, as our team and, and what I'm focusing my team on uh, as we're out hitting the countryside with with growers uh, on these fertilizer prepays is, is to send that message and, and really um, be a true business partner in this sense. Because there's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of what do I do? How do I do it? what should I do? Um, you know, questions out there. And, and, and so it's a risky decision, but we definitely have to offset the, that risk. Uh, and again, you know, I just, uh, I, I would urge everybody to to communicate with their, uh, their grain, um, location managers and, and grain merchandisers and, and continue to stay on ball on the ball with, uh, with them folks As you know, volatility in the markets, you know, do happen. And, uh, Um, we just want to stay on top of that another thing you know I mentioned cost of production Um, our crops teams um, all have uh, cost of production um, spreadsheets and materials that they can sit down with each individual uh, farmer um, and walk through on their own basis um, to give them a a pretty dang good idea um, because I, I do feel that 22 is a it's a high-risk, high-reward type of market opportunity that we have in, in 22. So beyond that, um, you know, really be looking to do seed recommendations and, and um, you know, really focused on producing more and more bushels every year, um, talking about uh, foliar nutrition, fungicides, those kind of hot topics that, that have really grown in the most recent years um, here, especially at m M&M. You know they've they really give us a, a little bit of a bump um, in yield 5 10 15 20 bushel uh, sometimes more uh, so those are some key areas of focus uh, that that we're uh, trying to drive home yeah really beyond that um, really it's just it's trying to be least risky that that possibly can but but ultimately making good sound economic and ag- agronomic um, decisions for us at, at M M&M, but but more importantly our growers
0: Okay, thanks for that. So Dave, you had talked about what our company did this past year. Do you have anything you want to talk about what we'll be doing here as a company in the next couple of months, what to look forward to and sure. you'll be seeing?
1: So yeah, I mean uh, I would say some of the things that uh that we're focused on now, probably a lot of the things that that you see in in national headlines um you know have some effect effect on us as well, Brian and Tony. You know, both talked about supply chain um, uh, challenges um, there's there's logistical issues across the country and obviously we we rely heavily heavily on on uh, local trucks uh, and truckers uh, to move our products to and from the market so so those things are, are high on our priority list um, in, in addition to uh, you know labor labor challenges uh, I think it's no no uh, secret that there's a what do they call it the Great Resignation? There's there's a lot of a uh, lot of uh, employees that have left the workforce and and not so much in our area, um, but I think that has a trickle down effect, and I think we see some challenges uh, uh, of finding finding good quality people that that want to come work in in the agricultural industry. So uh, we're, we're always looking. Um, to secure good quality people, and, and we'll continue to do so uh, ahead of springtime. Uh, but w- one of the other things we're we're excited about that will happen here in the next few months is our Litchfield chemical plant. Um, the new the new chemical plant will open up here uh, this spring ahead of ahead of spring season. And I know Dwayne uh, was previously on and, and talked quite a bit about that. But uh, progress is is being made there every day. Uh, we are all set to. To go online here um, this spring, and so uh, we're excited about about that. Uh, And then on top of that, we're again always looking to uh, to find other areas we can improve our efficiency in. You know, how can we deploy any capital we may have um, to to help with supply chain challenges, to help with efficiency uh, efficient operations? So again, we'll be evaluating those needs as well.
0: Okay, thank you guys for those insights for what we can look forward for next year. And Brian and Tony, thanks for your department recaps. We have a whole team of specialists here at m M&M to help you out with any of your agronomy decisions, seed decisions, fuel, propane, and also grain. Um, so yeah, don't be afraid to reach out to any of our specialists here, any of our locations. Um, you can re- or find all of that information on our website. Anything else you guys want to add? Before we wrap up, everybody's looking at <laughs> oh, you. You started ready. to you started to uh, talk, so that's the only reason I looked.
3: Uh, Dave mentioned uh, when we first just started as we record; it's uh, it's right ahead of Christmas. I think we're all ready for that to be here. I think, and uh, just wanted to know as you know. I think as the years go on, we get more and more inundated with. With the Christmas and the holidays, and I think there's been a tremendous amount of uh, uh, new movies and shows that, that, have, that have come on. And I want to know what you guys' uh, uh, favorite, least favorite holiday movie and or show slash special is.
0: Well, I'll go first because I know what my favorite movie is. I always love to watch Holiday Inn. It's an oldie. What is it? Holiday Inn?
2: The hotel?
3: Yeah, the ho- yeah, is that like the f- from the founder of the of the hotel chain?
0: No, it's with the uh
2: Is it on AMC?
0: Yes. Black and white?
3: Oh, you would... Oh, 60s, 50s? Ooh. 1942.
0: Oh. Yeah.
2: Holiday Inn.
0: Hmm. Bing Crosby, that's who it is. Uh, so, it's a good one.
3: Okay. That came out of nowhere. I got I'm going to be honest
0: 1942.
2: I have the DVD. You
0: have the DVD? I wasn't
3: aware they had DVDs.
0: 1942. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways. How about um, least favorite, Krista? There's like some out there that are okay to watch like once a year, and then some that are just like one and done. I can't think of one that's just like, ugh, I can't watch this. I could name one movie, but I'll probably get some.
3: No, let's hear. Yeah, backlash. Let's hear it. Yeah, let's hear it.
0: Let's hear it. She's got to Google
3: it. No, Elf. Oh. oh. Me.
1: Does that mean I have to change my favorite? <laughs> no,
3: not not at all. I I, I mean, is it a is it a, is, it a, is it too much Will Ferrell or or just not a big believer in the story? No, just I, maybe not a James I'm Conn fan. Will
0: Ferrell, I liked him in SNL, but his movies are just. I can't stand it. Well, so. yeah, I
3: mean, you're entitled to your opinion. I, I mean, know, that's so. fine. So there we go. Okay. I can't believe she just said that. I'm a little bit surprised, too. But that's okay. That's true.
0: I know a lot of people like it, but it's just one that i like, hmm.
3: are you so happy? <laughs> well... Hey, this is why movie? I don't
0: like answering your questions half the time because you guys it's just sit there and nice. stare at me like, no. what? The- no, I mean, <laughs> you're, was that gonna
3: be your favorite? I, I, I was going to be my favorite. I think, favorite. I'm I think, we're so,
0: just, no, it's, I mean, it's, you, I know there's a lot of people that like it. You have to, un- I'm you, not one of them. You have
3: to understand though, you're, you're hitting up, you're hitting us with a favorite as of something that was made in the 1940s that nobody's heard of. And your least favorite is probably considered one of the top five all. All time well. best Christmas film. So we're just a little, we're just a little surprised. That's all.
0: Go out and watch Holiday. And
3: I, I'm going to have to do that. Going to have to do that. <laughs> Dave, how about you? Well, like I mentioned, I was going to go with
1: <laughs> Elf uh, for I, for what I thought was I a lot think, of obvious reasons. But, I think you got uh, you have
3: to stick with it, despite uh, the negativity that Krista threw out on it.
1: But I, but I would agree. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. So, so uh, I'll yeah. say. That was, uh, that's my favorite. And, and that's, we've talked enough about that. But on, on my least favorite, I'm going to start that with a riddle, uh, that, and this is actually something my <clears throat> wife had sent me. What well, has 15 actors, four settings, two writers, and one plot? 632 Hallmark movies. So those are probably my <laughs> least favorite, uh, holiday movies, uh, at this time of a year, of the year.
0: Oh, but they're just, I know you know what's going to happen, but they're just. The they're cri- just feel good Christmas movies.
3: She has. A, there's a there. There is a formula to what they do. As cheesy as it is, they have a formula down. But what's crazy to me is just how much in the last few years that the, the the amount of content they put out. I think they're putting like forty between them and like Lifetime. They put out like thirty or forty new ones a year. I mean that's crazy. Uh, No, I yeah. There's just a lot, and 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 Dave's right though with with that comment is there. It's it's all the same. It's the it's the snow. It's the it's a they have like a a formula, and it's the same thing over and over again. But hey, people love it, and like he said about Krista's (laughs) incorrect opinion on Elf, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. So there's a reason there's multiple TVs
1: in
2: my house. All right, Brian. So, so I think my favorite is The Grinch. Which version? Uh, Oh, that was my. The Jim Carrey. The Jim Carrey version. Version. Um, All the time, probably one of the best comedians. Plays that part very well, but, but the story of not, you know, really not liking Christmas, which I would say most folks. A month prior to Christmas are not in the Christmas spirit. But then, obviously, as you get closer and closer, like the Grinch, he, he gets into the Christmas spirit. So, kind of similar uh, storyline to me. Uh, so, that's why I think I really like it.
0: And it has an amazing song from Faith Hill.
2: Yeah, sure. Um, I don't know about that. But yeah. I'm, I'm drawing a blank uh, on me, that. I, me too. Which is?
0: Right. Where are you Christmas? Oh. Play it later. <laughs> the,
2: little, the little girl. Um, what's her name? Cindy Lou Cindy Lou.
0: Well, but then Faith Christ Hill. It was has was Well, she's on yeah, the, like, the she's, soundtrack or whatever. Yeah, but, but
2: Cindy Lou Who sings it. Anyways. Yeah. yeah, my favorite part is whenever he's in the mail, up in the ceiling of the mail uh, room. tight. <laughs> <Gesundheit. laughs> ah! <laughs> when he screams. Uh, least favorite... I'm gonna say, even though it's a it's a comedy, um, and it's it's okay, but I, I agree with Dave on the the hallmark, but that Four Christmases movie. Um, I
3: I'm gonna I'm drawing a blank. What what um, is that one? Yeah, with, uh,
0: Reese Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon and, 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 and yeah, that one was not I, Vince I Vince. Yeah, so Vince Vaughn. Vaughn. And
3: okay. Leather. I I've not seen it, so I can't we'll put, uh, it your, put it on your put on your list. I'll to watch. I'll put it on the. Can I? Chris said you have that one on DVD as no, well. I don't like that movie. Either. Sounds like okay. Brian might have it. You may have to
2: get that one on Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was born after 1942. Try on <laughs> Netflix. Yeah. How about you, Tony? Let's start with your least favorite. Least favorite? Yeah. Because we want to end this con this uh, <laughs> this podcast on a good note. Let's let's talk okay. about your least favorite. That's fair.
3: So I'm gonna. There's, there's, I'm going to say there's probably two and and maybe you guys haven't seen these and I, I, I'm going to, I'm drawing on the, on the blank of the names, but like some of those sixties and seventies claymation specials that they had, like from back in the day. Rudolph. Um, well, but not, not, so there's the Rudolph and there's a the Santa Claus and that's fine. But they have this, they have these ones where they got like a heat, like Frosty and Rudolph go
0: Oh, and go those down creepy south. like elves?
3: Yep. And then like they have like a heat miser and a. And yeah cold miser and just we i vaguely remember them uh, I, I i'm not a, not a fan of uh like it ends up there in a circus or something like that i yeah. can't think of the name I know. Of it. and then frosty no Frost- yeah. yeah yeah not uh is, not not a, not, not, a, not a fan
2: how do you uh, i mean do you watch these 40s and 60s movies frequently i mean no
3: no the other one and this will this will be like Chris this will be unpopular and I, I'm gonna say I like I like it I get it but I got burned out by it years ago I don't know if it was 15 20 years ago whenever the date some of those uh, networks used to start playing it at 24 hours uh from Christmas Eve to through Christmas Day and that's a Christmas story <laughs> and not that I think it's bad not that there's anything wrong with it I just got burned out by it like you know it's where like you start playing at seven o'clock because it because it's it's never been on and it just it just keeps playing and you keeps playing keeps playing.
2: <laughs> it probably doesn't uh, help that it's a three hour long movie and with commercials.
3: Yeah.
2: On AMC so, or whatever the, the network channel is, it takes five hours. Like I said,
3: it's a good movie. I like it. It just I, get, I just got burned out by it. I, I can't sit there and watch it anymore. I know that's a, it'd be an unpopular opinion. Uh, as far as favorite goes, you know. It's, it's one that I feel I don't I don't know that I've ever sat down and watched the whole thing at once. But you always it's one of those movies where you all, if it's on, you click on it, and you, no matter what part of it, what no matter what part comes on, it's good. And that's Christmas Vacation. I just I just think I just think there's always there's moments in that in that movie that everybody's going to appeal to and like you have
2: not watched that entire movie.
3: Well, not. Not a ton, uh, but you always just pick up
2: we different parts not a of it. Ton. What you have not watched the entire movie, not either. in its
3: entirety.
0: I really can't remember last time I sat down and watched the whole thing, either, yeah. But
3: you but you always just if it's on, you click on it, and there's just parts that you know, whether it's the, the beginning where you know he gets trapped under the truck going to get the tree. To any of the cousin of Eddie stuff, I mean, just it's no matter what part you're just see everybody's sitting here cracking up. So, I, I'd say that's I'd say that's my my favorite.
0: All right, good talk on Christmas movies. Good yep. question. I yep. enjoyed that.
3: I thought about I thought about the Christmas song, but I figured Christmas movie would be better. Yeah. The only thing I would add
1: is uh, just to say thank you, Krista, for all your work on the podcast. After sitting in here again. <laughs> I uh, am reminded of how much work it actually is for you. Uh, but uh, you produce a, a good product uh, you, every episode.
3: You know, you you just let out a secret how much editing she has to do, <laughs> uh, Dave.
0: Well, thank you. I appreciate that. <clears throat> it's been a new experience. And
2: no, you've done a good job, Enjoyable for the
0: most part. So. Okay. Well, thanks for the recap, guys. And looking forward to seeing what 2022 has in store for our company. Uh, this has been FS Uncovered, the podcast of m M&M and Service Company. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Podbean or your support.